Welcome to Conversations Beyond the Veil. I'm your host, Sayo Nickerson. We hope that you will join Brandon, Victoria, and I as we aim to make sense of the past, age-old mysteries, and historical figures through mediumship, where we chat with beings or spirits on the other side who have a story to tell. We never know where it's going to go, and we hope that you will come along for the ride. Welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil, where we have a conversation with Michael Jackson. There's actually a big difference, I think, between doing these readings with someone who's from our generation versus someone who's, you know, from hundreds or thousands of years ago, because we know so much about them. They've been in the tabloids, you know, in front of us at the grocery store every day, probably for most of our lives. And... I think we actually do know a fair amount about them because it's just a lot more accessible. So I find that the more recent people, it's, it often is a confirmation of what we already know, but it's cool because it's obviously told in his own voice. And I mean, I found this one to be quite sad and almost tragic in many ways, but he was such an inspiring figure. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's lots to say, but I hope that you enjoy this episode. I should mention that we did the recording when my daughter was home from school. And even though she was trying to be quiet upstairs, there's some thumping. And I think the dog comes in at some point. So I apologize for that. But I hope you really enjoy getting a look behind the curtain at who Michael Jackson was. And I don't know that many people in the world got to actually see who he was and and what was going on inside of him. So we hope that this episode sheds some light on that for all of you, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to this week's episode of Conversations Beyond the Veil. Chris, my partner, is with us again, and Victoria is here. Brandon is still away in the U.S., and this week we decided that we are going to speak with Michael Jackson. And how much do you know about Michael Jackson? The basics. How they say he died. Some of his music. Can we sing Smooth Criminal? Go for it. That's a good song. Okay, Michael Jackson, is a, he's an interesting figure. Oh. He, I mean, gosh, the influence that he had around the world is... I don't know how many people that have surpassed that. He's quite quite a talent, quite a personality, quite a character. And yeah, we want to find out more about him today. So you want to do your thing? Yep. Let's see what happens. First feeling I'm getting is uh, a sense of shyness. And every time it amazes me. Because you see someone on the stage, you think they're confident, you, think, you just have an idea of who they are. And actually, I guess I'm not surprised because looking at him, he seems like he'd be quite sensitive. And I believe he did have a shyness about him, even if he was in front of the whole world singing. But he's not coming through very, very strong. I sense a slight apprehension from him, a story that it could be difficult to go into. And really, he didn't even die that long ago. 2009. Yeah, which even in spirit realms, it's not necessarily that 
more time because time doesn't exist. So, so what does that mean? Like, is he, mm, like, why does that come up? Just not sure how much he would have processed yet oh. and worked through for himself as a soul. Okay. So I don't know what we're gonna get. Okay. But we'll see. It may. I feel like it may take a bit of coaxing from him, um, or from me to him to get him to come through and share a story. But I do sense like a, a shyness and apprehension of going into the story of mm. his life. Do you think that could be a because of what we were discussing just a few minutes before? Like what you'd heard about him? Potentially. And I also feel that apprehension within myself of not really wanting to go near that topic because it's so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, uncomfortable for you. Yeah, or are you getting um, that from... It definitely is uncomfortable for me and society as a whole. A very taboo topic. Um, but I also believe that he probably doesn't want to speak about that. Mm. And he has free will. So if he doesn't want to, then he won't. And if it's not appropriate for the world to hear, then it won't be shared. So I'll just trust in that. Okay. Yeah. What does he want to speak about? I feel like I'm flicking through parts of his life in my mind, just seeing which one he's going to pick. I sense that he needs to be led, so I feel like if you ask a topic you would like to speak about... Music. Um, okay. <laughs> Any questions on that specifically? What does he think music is? I'm hearing him say it's getting the people to feel. Because when he's singing, performing, he's feeling. And he wants everyone else to feel. And it feels like he was a really deep feeler. Like with the sensitivity I was noticing at the beginning. He really, I'm using the word feel a lot. <laughs> feels mm -hmm. like just in the heart, opening and experiencing life, all the emotions, all the sensations. To him, that's what music's about. So uh, is it like a a way for him to express himself, express his feelings. Yes, and it's not all about him, is what he's showing. It doesn't feel like his number one priority is himself. Uh, it feels like it's everyone else. It wasn't like, I'm making this music for me, it's I'm making it for the world. And through that, he gets to express himself and his feelings. That makes a lot of sense. I think based on what I've seen, have you seen the documentary This Is It? No. Do you know about this? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, so it was a, he was planning a big comeback concert, world tour, and they were almost done. I think they were doing dress rehearsals, and he died. But there's they kept, he was, I guess, had it recorded for his own personal collection, mm -hmm. or I don't know what they were planning to do with it, but they recorded a lot of it, and it's really need to see him at work like it's you saw part of it too right it kind of it's almost otherworldly like his level of excellence when it comes to music and how every little detail was important to him and it was about creating the experience for the audience mm -hmm. what about dance what does dance mean to him <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of saying that words aren't enough because I could never see him being a writer or a poet 
just on paper, he couldn't express himself if he wasn't moving his body. And with that, there's also just a fun creative side of it that it adds another layer to the work. But also creates this persona, something about a, a persona that's created through movement. What do you mean? Well, so many of his dance moves are famous. Like, they are the Michael Jackson moves. They're not attributed to anyone else. So he's able to create an identity through that. And it feels like it individualizes him. I guess my question would be, why, why is that important to him? I'm feeling like there's a part of him that wants to be different. He doesn't want to be considered the same as everyone else. And now I'm being drawn to his siblings and like when they were Jackson 5, I'm feeling like that wasn't fully him. Obviously he was much younger then when he was a part of that, but he wanted to disidentify a little bit. I don't immediately sense that that's anything to do with them or any rift, but just in him a desire to break away and be his own person. Is that because he realized that he had more talent than, than the rest of his siblings? Or is it more just he had a story to tell that he wanted, you know, full artistic license over? I don't think it's because he had more, or he thought he had more talent. I don't believe that. I think he just had this desire to show the world what he could do on his own. There was more creative freedom for him through that, being a solo artist. That makes sense because on one of the, some big music specials, so you know how like when the Beatles went on Ed Sullivan, that kind of made them, and same with like, I guess Elvis, there was something that he did that then threw him into the limelight. And I think they say it was the same thing with Michael Jackson on some Motown special that they did on NBC. And he didn't really want to do it with the Jackson 5, but then, and he'd already done some solo stuff. I mean, they were pretty famous. So I think all the siblings were doing different things. And, and I think the reason that they convinced him to do it was, oh, you get to have a solo number. And that was the trade. I'll do this piece if I can perform solo. And that's when he became really famous as a solo artist mm -hmm. was after that show aired. So that seems to fit with me. When did he realize that music was so important to him? It feels like from a very young age he was encouraged by people around him to be musical. But it doesn't feel like something that was forced upon him. He feels strong enough in character to have walked away from that path if it wasn't for him. I feel that perhaps some of his other siblings were forced into it more and it wasn't really their path. And maybe that's why some of them haven't been as successful because they're not really meant to be, but they were pushed down that road. He just feels like a natural and it was almost like walking for him. I bet. Did he come from musical past lives? <laughs> I don't really feel like I'm being shown anything from him for that. I'm more just seeing a broader context um, from spirit of... I don't think you need to be, have done something in a past life to be good at it in this life. I think if you're meant to have that skill in this life, then it will be bestowed upon you before you incarnate into this body. The body will be picked for you that has that talent? Yeah. Or perhaps in the spirit realms, 
you practice or you, <laughs> I don't know, you learn about it. So then when you come into this body, you do have more of a natural talent for it. Or you're born into a family that they know will encourage you right. to follow that. Yeah, I've heard that before. Do you have a question? Not so much a question as a thought. I'm just, I'm curious about his process of creation. Mm-hmm. He wrote, I mean, he wrote some incredible music from just a, a unique standpoint, stuff nobody ever heard before. And I'm just curious what the, where it came from. Okay. This is so weird. All I can think about right now is the Simpsons episode where that guy pretends to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> it won't go away. And he sings happy birthday to Lisa. Um, <laughs> got that song in my head okay creative process i don't even think he has an explanation for it and that's why i'm not really getting one it's it's not i'm not even sure that he knew probably just descended on him and out it came yeah it, it doesn't feel like he had to study what was around and try and be different and figure out like what would be best and what would get seen it feels way more natural and so he's kind of confused like well I but I didn't really have a logical process I just did it and it came out like that that must have been fun for him so what was his childhood like I think this is where some of the apprehension from him comes in he feels happy talking about the more surface level happier stuff but when it comes to going a bit deeper emotionally I sense a withdrawal and there's some stuff there I'm not sure he's quite processed yet. Hmm. Also being sensitive that, I mean, who knows who will listen to this, but that there are people alive who this would affect hmm. still and not wanting to do that. Because um, I know he's often said that he, had, he was very lonely. He felt very isolated. And yet, you know, he was surrounded by music, which he loves. And that was probably like around him 24 hours a day. And wondering if he would characterize, you know, which one took over? Was he more, was it more of an unhappy childhood or, you know, was it fun? I feel like there are some unhappy things there underneath because even if it looked fun on the surface and he did enjoy the music part, there's a sense of not, not being a normal child, maybe not receiving the love that other children do because maybe it was seen more as a business than it was a family so there's a split between like family and business and those lines got crossed and then I think that's where he may have felt isolated or lonely it just feels a bit confusing where (laughs) where's the line yeah yeah Are, are we in professional mode right now or are we in family so it's it's not really right for a kid to go through that. And I, I sense that further forward in his life as he gets older, he still has that disconnect in him. So there's times where he can't quite relate, maybe even in raising his own children. Did he enjoy the fame? Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think he would have continued. Did he have a choice? I think so. Interesting. I wouldn't see that he had... That he had a choice. He in was famous at like eight years old. He didn't have a choice. But like I said earlier, it felt like he did choose. 
it felt like the natural, maybe it didn't have to be done that way by his family, but it did feel like the natural path for him to go down. But I think the way in which it was done may have caused a bit of damage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty clear. <laughs> what else do you want to know? I mean... I, it's, it, that's an interesting question that did he enjoy the fame because I, I I think I get the sense that he this this idea of what music means to him and that it's it's meant to evoke feeling in other people and the idea that his music is listened to or was listened to by tens of hundreds of millions of people I could imagine that there would be a lot of pressure on him from the fame as well to like where it would work, it works both ways. You know, mm -hmm. it's amazing to be able to do that, but then at the same time, there's this immense amount of scrutiny and pressure on his life and on him. It, it just seems like that could be a bit overwhelming. Okay, I'm seeing now there are times it wasn't the idea of being famous for his music that bothered him. I feel like he that's the yes. I liked being known for my music. It's what comes with that. Yeah. So then I see him like hiding under blankets and when his personal life comes under scrutiny, then there's a slight, oh, maybe I don't like this. But the music part, no doubt, was positive. Um, his final tour, the one that he never got to do, you know, what, what made him decide to do that after? I mean, that, was, that came along quite a few years after he hadn't, performed in a while or had been doing that for a while, right? Well, I'm immediately drawn to the name of it, This Is It. Just like, this is all that you'll get. Mm. Like, this is the final one. So perhaps he had made a decision that this is it <laughs> for his career. Was it going to be his final world tour? I think it was. Oh. I think that's what they were saying or branding it as, perhaps. I'm just wondering what motivated him to do it. Okay, I want to feel into whether that's his decision or not. Because the fact that he died before it ever happened, I'm wondering if it was meant to or it was something that was kind of forced. I do sense a slight pushing or herding from others of you should do it. Um, and it feels like it could partly be to do with trying to save face and rectify his image. Is that because people thought he was a has-been? Like he wasn't, you know, his time had passed and he wasn't, he wasn't relevant in that world anymore? No, it's not to do with the music, it's to do with his personal life. So wanting to have one final thing to bring it back to the music, to distract from mm. the stories that were told. And how did he feel about that show? I'd say he felt like 70% in but there's a 30% there that doesn't, it's in my heart, it doesn't feel connected. What is that 30%? It doesn't feel like it's entirely his creative process. At this point, it feels like there's other people taking charge a little bit, like a like publicist or the people in charge of his image. Hmm. So at this point, he doesn't have as much freedom as I believe he would have in the past. Why is that? Musically or? No. Production style. Production, yeah. I believe that he was trusted in his music, actually. But it's, it's in the other parts that he 
the others don't trust him so much. But these are the people who work for him that their reputations, their finances and power will be damaged if he does something that's seen as negative. So it bears weight on them and their lives. And so there's a bit of control towards the end. Is there anything to do with his finances? Because I thought something wasn't really mm. clear when I read whether or not it's like he had no more money left and this is like, oh, he needs to also do it to make money, which would, of course, be a bit of a shadow hanging over you. Mm. I sense a bit of shame from him in me asking, did you do it for the money? It doesn't feel like it's all for the money, but that's a bonus. And he doesn't want to be associated with that because there's something like the word greed is coming in and he sees that as really negative. And before this, it doesn't feel like anything he did was through greed. So there's an ickiness in him. Maybe that's part of the 30% as well. Of discomfort. It doesn't fully feel like him. It's not the full authentic him. But it's probably someone egging him on to do it. You can make this much money and then we can make these problems go away. What were his values? Love is standing out as one of them. I'm kind of going through words and seeing which ones pop out. Like leadership, no. <laughs> I don't know what else is in there, but love seems to... Something about being very connected to the heart and leading from that. Oh, and also family came up, but that didn't feel like one of his values. I'm not saying that he didn't care about his family, but that wasn't a leading What's force. What's song that he wrote? Heal the World, whatever is that the name of it? Um, for the, that mm, we are the world. We are the world. Is that it? Is that the name of it? Well, that was a one of a charity project. He was nice. very generous. I think he gave a lot oh, of money away yeah. to. Yeah. You know that song? <laughs> yeah, heal the world. That's the name of the song. Oh. Yeah. No, I guess I don't. Well, I probably do if you were to sing it. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> I just read that um, like he and Freddie Mercury had done these duets together, and I've never heard that. I want to go look I'd it up after. Yeah, and it was only released Freddie in 2014. Mercury? Really? Yeah, and yeah. also some other... And then he's made a bunch of little short movies with Joe Pesci. <laughs> so I think that's really funny, too. And yeah, there's a couple things I want to go and check out after. I mean, he, he did so many different projects. So, I mean, if we're talking about his final concert, um, what does he have to say about his death? I feel like this is always the fun part of every reading, but not. Because uh, there's suspicion that his doctor killed him, right? I don't know that it was intentional. Okay. He was uh, convicted of medical malpractice. Well, there always has to be someone to blame. Better question, did he want to die? Let's see. I do, as with the 70-30% topic, there's this feeling like, oh, I'm feeling it in my heart. His heart's not really in it anymore. But I don't believe that was consciously felt as, I want to die. But there's a withdrawal. He doesn't feel as vibrant and as connected as he were in his younger life towards the end. So there is a checking out. But I don't know that he meant to kill himself. If he did kill himself, did he? I feel like it was an accident. 
I was wondering when you said that the, the withdrawal, you know, you, there's so many stories of people having a near-death experience or, you know, they get a drug overdose or something. They go off there and then they really want to stay, but then somebody says, oh, you should go back. Okay, I'll go back. And I was wondering if in this case, this happened accidentally and he's up there and he's like, huh, I actually don't want to go back. You know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, was he given a choice? I don't know. I'm imagining it now. If he did, if, it, if there were a choice and he, he said, yes, I want to go back, that someone would have felt the urge to go and check on him. Oh, it's a hard question. I don't feel like I can answer it completely other than he's okay with it. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I think they did try to save it and it was borderline and maybe if someone had come sooner, they might have been able to. Mm. So the fact that you just said that out of the blue is very interesting. It's not like they found him and he'd been dead for seven hours. It was like they worked on him for an yeah. hour and a half trying to revive him. Well, I guess we do have a choice then, don't we, maybe? But his spirit wasn't in it anymore, I think. He, he just is like, yeah, I'm out. And if he were to have stayed, I was getting this feeling that he wouldn't have wanted to be so famous anymore. So he would have wanted to have hidden. I get this feeling of like just wanting to go off the grid and like no one can find me, no one can see me. Like do the tour and then disappear. Yeah. yeah. I wish he'd done the tour. So this whole thing around, you know, he's not really in it anymore and wants to check out, I get a sense that to some degree, he's quite a tortured soul, even if we look at his, what he did to his body while he was alive. Mm. And I mean, that comes from somewhere. And the question around that is one of his core values, you said, is love. Mm -hmm. Did he love himself? Good question. Just made me realize I feel like we're skirting around a lot of things and he's not taking me in deep. And like I really want to go in deep to get some feeling and emotion and maybe this is a way in. Because like when I was saying with the music, it's not for him, it's for everyone else. Mm -hmm. So everything is... Projected outwards. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's horrible. He's having a very hard time receiving. I can feel him like not wanting to sit still and look inwards. So I don't feel like he did do that in this life and all his energy was put into other people. The music was for the other people. So all his time and energy was spent doing rather than sitting with and feeling. But like I felt when he first came in, he feels really sensitive. And I don't feel like that part of him was nurtured. So he doesn't really know how to engage with that part of himself, but it's at the core of who he is, maybe of who we all are as well. There's something there, what is it? Oh, wow, that's trippy. It's like, I can't look at myself in the mirror. And then I'm thinking of a song, Man in the Mirror. And I don't remember all the lyrics. Oh, it's like I'm asking him to change his ways. Mm -hmm. Singing it in my head now. I feel like that could have been about him. Yeah, that's a song of hope. It, or it's, it's kind of like Gandhi's message that you need to be the change. So isn't that what that song was about? My message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place. You Take a look, look at, at yourself, yourself and, and make a change. change. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good. I love that song. Yeah. But there's this, I just heard, like, I can't look at myself in the mirror. Hmm. So it's like he knows. He put a positive spin on that song, like, for the world. Again, projecting outwards. But that's 
change starts on an individual level. Like, the collective can't change if you don't change. So I don't really feel like he pierced through on that one. Like, he's singing it to himself. But he's not believing it. He's still deflecting. He made a lot of changes. They were just external. Yeah. A lot of external <laughs> mm-hmm. changes. Maybe that was his way of... Trying. He started with the man in the mirror and changed himself physically. <laughs> just not... Well, I think that's part of his inner demon, is not being able to look at himself in the mirror because of something he looks at himself and feels sick or disgusted, not realising that that disgust is inside. So he tries to change the outside and hope it changes and it doesn't. And then it just snowballs and you do so much and it goes so far. I want to ask him if he knew that. Feels like it took him a very long time to come to that conclusion. Maybe even after death. And that was part of the withdrawing. Sense a bit of depression actually towards the end. So if he's look go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say if he's taken that many pills. Yeah. He's masking something. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of why he's prescribed the pills. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was three different medications he was on at the time. And then he OD'd on this one. So for him now looking back on his life as Michael Jackson, is there, you know, from the awareness that he's at now, is there something, like what is it that he would have wanted to change inwardly? Mm, Let's see if he's looked at any of that so far. That feels a better way in actually to connect with him on a soul level and what he sees in that life for himself. Just going to ask him how he feels about that life. The word shame is coming up again. And so he's caught in a shame spiral and he's been having a hard time seeing the good. You know, when you get caught in the negative mindset and you can't see the good that's happening, he's kind of stuck in that shame spiral. And I feel that that includes the topics in his life that he doesn't really want to talk about. And something about his children as well. Bit of shame there. Why? I think because he wasn't seen as... A child, just a child who's seen as a product. I don't feel like he can could connect with his own children on a really deep, loving level. And not that he didn't love them or doesn't, but that there's such a disconnect within himself and inner love, self-love that he... If you don't have that, you have nothing to give. Yeah. You don't know it. Like he can sing about love, like he understands it, he just doesn't embody it which is so strange because people felt so much for him, his music. Makes sense. It's the thing he most desperately wants. So he knows it really well. Mm -hmm. And I just sense like a disconnect from his children. And like they probably would have, he probably would have gotten better with them when they were adults, but he missed that. The shame of being in court over your personal sexual I just think, oh, that would be so hard to swallow and have the whole world know or be like saying things. And I think from what I read anyways, it sounds like after those trials, like he would go into these depression or just feels really shitty about it. And I can imagine that that would have been really tough to deal with. Mm -hmm. And probably also like having his children think this is how he's known for molesting other children like would just be a horrible horrible feeling yeah 
what does he, how does he feel about his children now? I feel like he worries a bit what damage he may have caused and how his life and death affected their lives in the spotlight because people will always be watching them. I want to say waiting for them to fall apart, mm. making associations of how that's because of him and his life and him as a father. So he, he feels protective over them, but also something there about wanting to love from a distance because of the guilt. He doesn't want to taint them. Yeah. How many children does he have? I know I have two. Two, and then another one that was, um, uh, what did I say? In, like Artificially inseminated? Yes, and, and also I think carried, I don't know who the... Surrogate? Yes. I think it was something like that. So I guess, why did he want to have children? Who's the mother? His dermatologist's assistant, perhaps? Okay. This woman named Debbie Rowe. She was like a very ordinary person. Weird. I feel him having a very hard time connecting with anyone. Sexually, romantically. There's like something that's very off. Doesn't really feel like he had any traditional relationships. Yeah, so what was the deal with this lady? Something about trying, feeling lonely, and wanting to connect with somebody. I think before, there's a feeling of like being a bit socially awkward and not really being able to connect with anyone. Maybe something from her about feeling understood or... There's a space there where he, he can kind of try to step into that role of partner. Like felt father. safe enough to or something. Yeah. Would he describe himself as a drug addict? Not in the traditional sense of like snorting cocaine and shooting up heroin and partying drug addict, but a um, prescription addict, yes. Yeah, in the sense of he's in a... In incredible amount of emotional pain mm -hmm. and he's you know, as you said a very sensitive person and he's numbing himself yeah and that is how he died too mm -hmm. numbing himself to death basically it's quite tragic actually I got a question around that actually in that sense as far as his life is concerned because I think I think you can look at his life and say okay how did he end up on this trajectory towards where he died? And it starts in his fame. And there was some accident that happened and that's where he, he started. He, he grew up in, as a, he was like a Jehovah's Witness or something in a very clean, pure environment. And it was his fame essentially that isolated him from all of the support features that he had in his life to be a reasonable socialized member of society mm. and I think you can make the argument that his fame drove him to this trajectory and also drove him to a place where once he reached a place where he was so viciously addicted it was really difficult for him to get help because he was so famous so yeah I just wondered is he in that relationship to his fame is he you know is he upset about that or is he like yeah, what's his response to that? Where it's, I don't know if that makes sense, the question. But. Yeah, um, what I'm hearing is that he didn't know how to ask for help. And 
at that point of fame, you kind of just have people doing things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the doctor says, you feel this way, take this, it wasn't like, he felt like he was too shy to then say, but I want to talk to somebody or I... Yeah, you because know, he's so famous. It's, mm. if, you, if you're somebody that famous and you say, hey, I'm addicted to drugs, it's after also this whole child molestation stuff, then it, he's like, oh, actually, I'm a, a drug addict and I need help. It's just another... It's a, to me, it would seem like it would be so difficult. Except for his family, though, because they were also famous. There was a lot... He had six, seven, nine siblings. I don't know. It was a big family. Mm-hmm. That did he feel comfortable? Did he ever share any of that with his family members? I just feel that he felt incredibly isolated throughout his life, mm-hmm. like the whole of it, really. And I don't know if he did have anyone to confide in. That's where my question comes around: the fame. Is he? Because I, I see it as the isolation came as a result of the fame. Do so you mean do, does he, he had, resent he being had, famous? Yeah, does he rent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he resent being famous as a result? Because you this whole image you need to project to the entire world when it's not the truth. I feel that he takes as much responsibility as anyone else should for his part in that. He's not blaming anyone because he knows he chose it. So I don't, I don't feel like he resents the fame for that. Does he feel like he's a victim of it though? No, I don't sense any victimization. It's, I feel there's a taking responsibility of. And I, I'm just seeing it as like, because he's so famous, nobody wants to hear him. That I just see someone ignoring any kind of plea for help or going to say something and then knowing that he's going to say that, but then shutting him off immediately and just saying, oh, I'll take this instead. And it's normal that he's taking things. That sounds like a victim thing to me. The responsibility one to me would be, I have a problem. I don't care what anybody says. You need to help me fix it. Not. I mean, now in the soul, he's taking responsibility that he didn't do that. So he's not blaming anyone else for not helping him because okay. he didn't help himself. Right. It's like Taylor Swift says that because every now she gets stalkers. and But she says, you know, but I, I chose fame. So this is just what goes with it. Yeah, there's nothing in him saying, you guys didn't help me, you made me do this, that's why I went to drugs and became an addict and that's why I'm dead. There's accountability for his... Now. Yes. Yeah. But during, it just kind of feels too weak to stand up and say something. It's, yeah, I don't think he had a choice. I think he just was on this wild ride that he got put on when he was eight years old. And he was just five years old or something. Trying to figure it so out. Young. Just yeah. trying to figure it out. <laughs> well, I want to know what, what was the deal with his marriage to Lisa Marie Presley? Mm-hmm. Crossover with Elvis. Mm-hmm. Love it. Strange. There's some kind of like tortured soul bond. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I see that. Wait, is that Elvis's daughter? Yeah. 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 She thought he was his, her dad. That's exactly what it is. I think. Anyway. And or, she recently died. Or maybe just that they understood it. They both grew up in the limelight and confused and tortured. And they, they recognized maybe. that in each other and could talk about it or like had some affinity. Michael Jackson's the Elvis of the 80s and 90s, though. So. Yeah. Well, don't we all try and date our fathers? Yep. 
but <laughs> there is in a yeah a tortured soul affinity there of like being drawn i'm seeing darkness drawing them together mm. not in like a really horrible negative this is evil kind of way just that the pain drew them together and i don't know if that would have been good for either of them if they're not willing to get out of that then there's a victim mindset and their connection is through pain rather than joy i mean i know he doesn't really want to talk about it but he was charged so many times with child molestation how many times uh well i think three separate court cases but one of them had like you know seven counts was part of the latest court case and and he was always acquitted. How does he view what he did? Or didn't do. Or didn't do. So he was never guilty mm-hmm. in a court of law? No. Okay. Never guilty in a court of law. Doesn't However, in civil court, he paid, or out of court, he, settled he paid out massive of court. settlements. I really don't want to go into yes or no, he did or didn't do it because that feels like too much of a responsibility for me and I think people are alive. I, I think I, we can understand that stuff went on. I'm just wondering how he, because I'm sure stuff went on, but did he know that it was wrong or was he just being himself and then was like shocked after I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that's not okay. Okay. I'm just going to ask for a way to express this without it sounding like an admittance or a denial. So just give me a second. I feel like there's some analogy that could come through. So you could go down in history as the person who said definitively. (laughs) I feel that pressure on me. (laughs) Okay. Okay. The explanation I'm being given, which doesn't mean yes or no, just on the topic of these actions in general of other people in the world that do or don't do it I'm seeing them as like these choices are pockets of darkness that we as humans occasionally dip into as with addiction it feels kind of like a trauma response and it's not to say that oh they were traumatized so it's okay that they molested a child it's not but there are places we go as humans it's just some darkness within us let me explore that more it just feels like a very sad place i don't like going there Mm. um you like the emotions i do like the emotions but don't like sexual abuse so i'm just feeling a lot of sadness of how many people in this world have been abused in that way by people they trust and like i don't even want to give a justification for it because there isn't really one but saying that, there's, like I said, there are pockets of darkness that because of what happens to us, mostly as children, we, we get sucked into for whatever reason and we, we play out that darkness in lots of different ways. Was he molested as a child? The word groomed is coming to me. It doesn't have to mean there was sexual abuse there, but that he's, he's out of control because he's being groomed to be someone. I don't know the psychology behind child mm. abuse, but I would assume it's something to do with regaining control that you didn't have in your childhood. Um, I think it's, I think it's common fact, isn't it, that 
that the people who tend to abuse were abused yeah. in the same way that they abuse others, generally. Is that right? There's a, definitely a correlation. I don't think it's in every case, but mm. it's absolutely a correlation. And trauma. Mm-hmm. I think the answer to your question, though, Sai, is, is apparent if you just look at it, the facts of his life, like his drug use escalated exponentially after those trials. So you want to, you know, he, was he in more pain afterwards than he was before? I think it's yes. Well, a light was shone on his darkness. Whether he did or didn't do that, there's clearly something that was off. A light got shone on the darkness, and he's like, oh, I don't want to see that in the mirror, so I'm going to take drugs. Yeah, I don't want to feel that. Yeah. Suddenly the whole world saw him in a different way, and it's like there was this, I see it kind of as a sun around him, like a light beaming out with the music, and then somehow someone went above, and like there was a crack there, and they found the way, and then darkness shone out. Hmm. And that's so uncomfortable for him because he wasn't ready to face that in himself. Does he feel like he ever really knew himself? No. He was disidentified with himself. It feels like everything that we saw was more of a persona. I still do think the love piece is real, though, that his, one of his values was love and sharing that with the world. But there's no way you can be yourself if you're numbing yourself. Hmm. <laughs> quite tragic it's terribly tragic story yeah i don't know many like super incredibly talented people that aren't tormented in some way fame is like so dangerous it's so destructive well it's the fuel it's something to put your energy into that isn't your pain and people make art out of pain i mean i think the most beautiful art comes from pain but if you're not integrating it and you're not actually dealing with it, then it just creates more trouble. Does he see Madonna now going down the same path that he went down? His friend Madonna? No. Same path. I sense that she has or had more support than he did and is treated differently because she's a woman. It's true. And for her, it started later, and I think she had some very good friends in those coming up eight years Mm-hmm. Yeah, that are like lifelong friends, perhaps. But I mean, I, I see it now with the plastic surgeries and the, you know, obviously there's some hole there that's trying to be fed in a similar way, perhaps. I think most of the world have that, though, and we just see it more in, well, it's more exacerbated in famous people because everyone's looking at them. I feel bad for him. Me too. I didn't think this would be so sad. I would like to finish on a high note and say, that I so appreciate that I got to live through the time of Michael Jackson because it was fun, you know, and, you know, I'm just some, like, I don't know, like, I think the impact he would have had on black people and the black community, the impact he had on people all the way around the world, and then, like, little, you know, half-Japanese farm girls growing up in rural Canada was, you know, I was affected by it, and... The whole world was trying to imitate his dancing. And I think he did bring a lot of joy and love. Mm-hmm. And if that was what he was here for, maybe it would, was at his own expense. But he did get that out there in the world. And people love him because he brought a lot of joy. People also hate him now. Oh. Yeah, because of, the, because of the whole molesting thing. There's people that won't even listen to his music. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, even to say, I, said, I was going to say you should delete where I said poor guy because people probably get hate mail if anybody listens to your podcast because they're like, he's not poor. The kids that he molested are poor. And with me saying poor guy doesn't mean that those kids aren't didn't have a rough go of it too. It's just... It's a really difficult topic because there's so many different schools of thought on what souls choose to experience in this life and like darkness exists yeah. on earth. It just does. It doesn't make any of it okay. Oh, it's such a hard conversation to have. Because in a sense, we are victims. Trauma's horrible. But once it's done, you are the only one responsible of healing that. It's a hard place to look. And, and I'm just saying with this whole recording we've done here, it's felt very dark and sad. And yet, what, that's an hour and 10 minutes or whatever of talking about someone's life can't fit that many years and everything into an hour and ten minutes there's so much more we could have gone down a purely light path of joyous stuff and asked him about every song he wrote and how that affected people and like you say the black community like that's a whole other topic that could be explored so there are great things that happen too and i hate that there's a shadow cast over that by such darkness but you also can't ignore that Mm -hmm. i think everybody can feel it knows it's there so it's worth talking about and if somebody is addicted then they're clearly in pain and doesn't make their choices okay but they are in pain and there's a reason they're doing it mm-hmm. and i think it's a good lesson for if you happen to come across or are friends with people who are famous that they're just real people as well and maybe even having a harder time because it's not okay for them to show weakness. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to get someone to listen to them on an equal footing where they feel safe that they, you know, can even relate to someone who's not just, you know, starstruck talking to them. The world needed him to be Michael Jackson. Yeah. So are we as much to blame? That's what I was was exactly going to say that. Is it like, is, I don't think it's right. I mean, he's a product of the creation of the world to an yeah. extent. He was, you know, he, he was whatever you said, five years old, put on a little ride and had very limited tools to deal with it. And we watched that and said it was okay. Well, I didn't, I wasn't alive, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like with Princess Diana when they said, you know, it's, Okay, she died, and everybody's like, oh, the paparazzi. I'm like, yeah, who is paying them? Yeah, you guys the articles. are buying those magazines that pay these people. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see that from that perspective. And for us to also take responsibility for the role and how we behave around fame and all of that. I know it's a really deep topic, really. Yeah. And hard to define and pinpoint. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like, okay, that's over there. What do I have to do with that? But as a collective, we all fuel the, the fame mania. Especially see it with like my 12-year-old. Like how they just get obsessed. And I was like that too, at that age. And I would have been a stalker. Had, who was it that I like? Brian Adams or somebody <laughs> been around, you know? Yeah. Well, I want to thank Michael for coming through. And yeah. even though it was uncomfortable for him and he was shy... Um, I hope he felt like he could trust us. Yeah, and I trust that he's continuing to work through this life in the spirit world. Yep. And he'll learn what he needs to learn and come back and do it again. So I'm just sending healing to him and everyone 
who may have been affected in this life by him. All right. How are you feeling? I feel okay. I feel good in myself. It's just a very interesting topic that I enjoy talking about, but there's fear, like they're big, bold statements to make. To say like someone's meant to be sexually abused because they chose to be as a soul. Some people really disagree with that. Yeah. I think you navigated that very well, you know? There's a whole other discussion too around that. Because there is people, there literally are people now that say, I will not listen to his music because of what he, Boycott, like what he did. And I find it a little bit hypocritical because it's kind of like, well, if you listened to his music before and you enjoyed it and you got enjoyment out of it, it's the same person. The guy hasn't changed. He's been the same. So if you, mm. you know, it's not like you just found something else out that you didn't see before. They're just mad at themselves. Yeah. So it's, if you're going to, you know, if you, if you've decided, okay, I accept this person as, as, and I, I'm getting value from them. And then you learn this thing out of them about them. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one too. Cause it's like, okay, well you could say, oh, I don't want to listen to his music anymore, but is it because you don't like his music or is it because you don't like what he did? Yeah. Or is it because you're part of cancel culture? Exactly. You know, which is a big thing these days. Which is ridiculous. There's such a I lack so. of compassion for people. Oh, yeah. that's Seeing insane. all sides. I'm like, he's clearly in so much pain. He literally died because he was an addict. Doesn't make his choices okay, but like someone yeah. needs help. And it doesn't invalidate the contribution he made to the world. No. Like that's the thing that I don't, yeah. So what, you're going to erase him from history then? Go ahead and do it. Like, yeah, people he... won't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like that story my dad told you of the hockey player, right? Who he, what, he did something, he like pissed on some kid, like literally pissed on the kid when he was 12. Him and some, he was a bully. And then seven years later, he got drafted. He was getting drafted in the NHL and the story came out and got publicized and the NHL came out and basically said, we will not let this kid play in the NHL because of what he did when he was 12. So fucked like, up. Like, yeah, like, I don't get that. People change. I know. I, I, like, what kind of message is that that you're sending? You know, that you make you know, a mistake and you're you know. punished for the rest of your life? I mean, that's, that's what's happening these days. This is why the prison system is fucked up because you come out and then you can't get a job. So, of course, you go back to crime. Yeah. And I heard something recently, too. Somebody's asking this guy, like, how come you don't go into politics? You're so interested in politics. And he's like, yeah, right. Like, they would go through everything in my past. And I'll say all these things I did in high school or whatever. Yeah. and never hear the end of it. And, like, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want to put myself through that. And so you're kind of breeding this generation that's, like, scared to do anything. Because their whole lives are recorded. You know, at least when I was, you know, young and foolish, we didn't have handphones that record everything yeah. and take videos big brother is watching yeah Watch so out. they're gonna get you and then like yeah just people having to resign their offices over something came out from later and sometimes it is a big crime and they should be exposed and it, it informs like what they're doing right now but when it's things from their childhood or some like random mistake mistaken comment or whatever doesn't make any sense anyways this has been a very uh interesting discussion there's so much more to explore there i am not at all equipped to because i really don't I'm not a psychologist i don't know anything like that but um it was it was cool to hear i don't know just to go through this whole process mm -hmm. with michael yeah so i'm glad we did it yeah me too
All right, so we'll say goodbye for now, and we will see you at our next episode. Thanks for listening.